and welcome to the Task Talks podcast, the podcast where we talk about school psychology and other random musings. I'm one of your hosts for today. This is Kia Sala, and with me today is my co-host here, uh, Brooke. Brooke Roberts, how you doing, man? Hey, Kia. This is Brooke over here. I'm in the uh, studio, the worldwide universal global studio sponsored by TASP. <laughs> sponsored, sponsored by us, yeah. Yeah, because we can't raise any other funds right now. Yeah, you know, we'll be all right. You know, that's the we know you, you get what you pay for here. All right. So unfortunately, uh, we are we are down a couple of people. Chris and and Jen are not going to make it tonight. So it's just you and me, although we do have some wonderful guests uh, that we'll be getting to in a minute here. And so, Brooke, uh, what's what's going on with you, man? How are things? Hey, uh, things are good. Um, I am uh, chilling today and just finished a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not much better than that. Than that <laughs> crap, you know, you, you enjoy doing the Chick-fil-A. Excellent. I just finished. You? I just you? finished was, uh, a really good soccer book. practice. Soccer okay, practice what? went great. Yeah. But okay. I finally finished. I got this for my birthday like last year, but I finally finished. It is. Um, um, I can't remember the exact title of it, but it's Alex Trebek's uh, biography. Um, and it's a really great little book. You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Jeopardy fan and uh, it was a lot of fun. The, the great thing about it is it's one of those books where you can kind of just jump around because the chapters are just like little two and three page snippets of him sharing stories or lessons or whatever. Uh, that also makes it super easy to like pick up and stop reading it for like a couple months, which I did. Um, and then pick it back up again. But I finally finished it, um, and so I felt good about that because it was it was a fun little read. So you said you said jump around, and yes. uh, I had I had a I, house of pain. I had, like I had little... crisscross go through my ears uh, when you said jump around. So I think it was, I think it was house of pain. Uh, oh, sir. was it house? Of pain? No, you, you, I'm sorry. Got to know. Got to work on your '90s. Yeah, rap there, my know? my '90s rap is a little uh, outdated. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I I always like to hear what you're reading. Um, mm-hmm. I just finished The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yeah, by uh, Bessel, right? Bessel, Bessel Vanderpolk. Vanderpolk. Yes, um, great book. Highly recommend. Um, yes. So one of great, great read. Um, I also just finished um, a book called The Collected Schizophrenias. And mm-hmm. um, it's about, it's an it, it's multiple essays from a person who has lived with schizophrenia, so has lived experiences, and she writes about many of her experiences and what it's like um, with other people trying to treat you and trying to get you to stay on your medication and all of those things. Um, so if you're ever interested in trying to create empathy for um, mental illness and, and mental health. Um, it, it was really, it wasn't, you know, scientific or wasn't, um, you know, practitioner oriented. It was really just more about creating space for the human experience. Nice. So some, some nice light summer reads, um, for our audience there. Yeah. The body keeps the score and gets a pretty journal. Uh, maybe, maybe not that light. Yeah. Just sitting by the beach with a, with a pina colada and like, I'm going to crack open the body keeps the score. Well, no, that's, that's good stuff. Brooke, enough of us rambling. This is, you know, not who you came here for. We have some wonderful guests uh, for you guys today a little, in a little podcast crossover that we like to do. So, Brooke, do you want to uh, tell us about our fabulous guests for today? Yeah, yeah. All the way from Minnesota, 
We have Roberta and Ashley. They are both teachers. They have been through burnout in education before. And then when the pandemic hit, they knew that it would happen again if they didn't do something about it, which threw them down this rabbit hole of research on how to prevent teacher burnout. So they've got some experience and and, uh, some strategies that I think maybe we can even uh, bridge over into school psychologists. They both successfully achieved this and decided to start a podcast all about self-care for teachers in preventing burnout, which led to a course focusing on the, the same topic, adding that when we are well taken care of teachers and moms and parents, we can take care of all the people around us that matter the most instead of just giving them what's left of us at the end of the day. So welcome, Ashley and Roberta. Say hi to, uh, to our audience here. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us on. Yes, thanks, Roberta here. Thanks for having us on. We're excited to be here. Tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Well, talking about books, a great summer read would be The Power of Fun by Catherine Price. I just finished that one and it was super fantastic in, in thinking about how to have more fun with um, you as an individual and with your family and friends so that you can be the best version of yourself and there for everyone around you. So that would be a real fun read, I think, <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> That's actually something you should read on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She actually um, recommended it to me. So I'm like in the middle of it right now and there's quite a bit of journaling. So I'm doing the audio version, which is I have to keep pausing it and like writing the journaling questions down. So it might be an easier, like actual book read. Yeah, it's always, it's always tough making that call. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are excited. We want to hear a little bit. Normally, we ask our guests, the first question is, how did you find school psychology? But you didn't, but you found education. <laughs> and so, uh, Ashley, if you want to just tell us about uh, your story, about, you know, how did you find your journey into education and what you're, what you're doing now in, um, in education? And then, Roberta. Yeah. So, I'm actually a shop teacher. So, I do woods and welding and seventh and eighth grade industrial tech. And the reason I got into it is because I had an awesome woodshop teacher in high school. Up until my senior year, I literally had no idea what I was going to do. I actually didn't even think I was going to go to college until my senior year um, when I was in woodshop all year long. And he pretty much talked me into it. And I was like basically teaching the class. So, yeah, that's how I found education. I know most of the people we interview, they're like, we just knew when we were seven years old that we were going to be a teacher. And I'm like, I had no clue. <laughs> so that's, here we that's, are. Yeah, that's funny. We actually, we have the opposite on our show where the people are like, I don't even know. And like half of them are like, I never heard of school psychology before. And then yeah. I ended up and I accidentally enrolled in a grad program for it. And then suddenly <laughs> I became a school psych. That's a true story, by the way, from one of our guests. But yeah, it's, it's so it's, it's not, it's not uncommon for our podcast. That's funny. How about you, Roberta? I also came into it kind of by accident. I come from a line of educators, so I was very much like, I am going to do something different with my life. That is not what I'm going to do. And then I graduated from high school. I had no idea what I was going to do. So I didn't, I chose to take a gap year and did a lot of exploring different jobs um, and ended up, long story, but I ended up getting a job as a classroom paraprofessional in a two first grade classrooms. And after the first week, I was like, okay, this is this is something, this is where I need to put my energy. So I finished the year as a classroom para and then enrolled in um, elementary education and special ed. Great. Awesome. 
Yeah. So, you know, obviously special ed big for us. And Ashley, I always forgot my obligatory statement to say, thank you so much for being a middle school teacher. Cause that's means that's a middle school. I don't have to go and work in. Um, <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always thankful for middle school staff because that means I don't have to go there. Cause middle school, I worked in middle school for one year in my school psych uh, career. And then I was like, I'm never going back. I only have them for one hour a day each. I don't know how our middle school teachers do it that have them every single hour of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like I like you guys for an hour, but I yeah. wouldn't want you all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's not for me, but I'm glad there are people that want to do it. So <laughs> self-care, obviously a huge issue and a huge need for, for educators and for teachers. And so how did you guys get interested in this topic and how did, how did you all come together to, to create this, this podcast, this course, this, this, this work? Yeah. So um, both Roberta and I have been through burnout and then the pandemic hit and we see teachers burning out at one after another. And I just, we were in the middle of um, uh, teaching online. So you can imagine teaching shop classes online is super easy. <laughs> um, so I started to gain weight. Um, I had lost a bunch of weight previously on purpose. And I just knew like, if I'm sitting in front of the screen all day long and I'm just sitting here like snacking all day, I just need to do something about it before I gain all the weight back. So I joined online coaching program, uh, fell in love with it, started coaching, but it they was so much me to join. Than... Yep. <laughs> yep. So we were accountability yep. partners in the morning before yep. we had to, you know, get online. It was hopping on a zoom call together. Mm-hmm. getting some movement in. And that's really what started us down yeah. personal development and reading yep. personal development books that really all started um, in during the pandemic because yeah. we were trying so hard to avoid burnout and overwhelm. And like, I didn't even know about personal development until I joined this online health and wellness group. Um, and like in that group, we focused on so much more than just like nutrition and working out. It's all about habits and and personal development and, and all the good stuff that we kind of talk about now and that we've re- researched for years now and implemented into our lives and are still implementing into our lives because it's always a journey. You never really reach a destination with it. Yeah, you know, we had both read uh, Carol Dweck's mindset, thinking about our, our students mm-hmm. and having those intellectual conversations with our colleagues about growth mindset in our students. But then really when the pandemic hit and we were introduced into this whole world of personal development, it was adapting that to ourselves. Like how can we have a growth mindset in ourselves um, Mm -hmm. as educators, as parents, as just finding who are we if detaching from the, the identity of I'm a teacher and that's my only identity and figuring out like, who am I as a, as a person and how do I grow and change and not stay stuck? I think a lot of teachers stay stuck and end up like, that's where the gossiping starts happening and where the, we start avoiding the teacher's lounges because it's super negative. Really, that's what opened our eyes into this whole new way of thinking. Very cool. I love hearing about stories, particularly from the, the COVID times of people <laughs> <laughs> you know, finding ways to be productive at that time. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Like, you know, I remember there was uh, one of our um, legal presenters that's in this area. He talks about the time when we were in the COVID he's like, you know, the, the dangers of COVID and the struggles of COVID were the fridge and the television and the bed. Uh, it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to go take a nap or I want to go watch TV or I want to just snack all day. 
that's that's so great. Y'all able to like find a, a a positive component there, even if it means getting up at five a.m. to do it. Um, so y'all said y'all started kind of like researching and learning more about the the research around like burnout and self care. What's what's some big takeaways that y'all had um, when you started to dig into this research? What was new and interesting and enlightening for you from that? I think a big one for me that really jumped out was uh, from the National Education Association. It was an article that was published. Uh, gosh, I don't remember the date now, um, but it was it was right after like the thick of COVID, and we were still in it. It was like I think we were starting the next year, and we were all kind of going into it thinking like, "Oh, it's going to be normal." And then they're like, just kidding, you all have to wear masks and all this other fun stuff. So then this article was about how many teachers are experiencing burnout and how many teachers are wanting to leave. And the amount of teachers that were ready to leave education was, what was it, Roberta? Was it 55%? No, yeah, I remember. 55% of educators were ready to leave education due to burnout. And even more and even more felt burnt out there's just a portion that wanted to say it was like 75% felt burnt out and 55% were like ready to find another profession. Mm -hmm. So that was just like a total, I like, I rarely ever read that magazine, but like it was on the cover and my husband was like, Hey, this is what you're doing. And he like, (laughs) he shoved the article in my face and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what we're doing right now. And this is exactly why we're doing it. (laughs) I think one of the things that really, popped out for me for Roberta here um, was a little bit different. I think before I thought of burnout as, I mean, partially my own responsibility, like partially my own thinking, but then also the environment you're in and the circumstances. So like blaming the administration or school board or the community you're in and like, it's, it's their fault that I'm feeling this way that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And what I've learned more and more is it really comes down to, it, it isn't, I mean, yes, there are those influences, but it's how we handle them. It's the boundaries we put in place. It's it's the expectations we hold for ourselves and our communication with others and what will allow or not allow to happen in our own lives and how we frame it. That really makes a difference. And the people that are more negative and ready to blame other people are going to be those people that are quicker to burn out than the ones who are sitting there trying to problem solve and reframe things into coming up with realistic solutions. And so I think that just that has popped up again and again, that the the people that are really negative and blaming other people for the way that they feel um, and their workload and et cetera, et cetera, um, is really going to boost that burnout and make that happen quicker. Guilty. That's why my first year was a burnout year. <laughs> yeah, no, I could, I could totally see that. One of the, the sayings I was always fond of for years was, um, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but it said, uh, you are the, you're the average of your 10 closest friends. Mm, um, and it was yeah. the idea that the people you surround yourself with and the attitudes and of that will impact you and, and you could come out. And so if you're with those, like we talked, you mentioned earlier, you know, if you're in the teacher's lounge where everything is negative and, and, and bad vibes, then that's going to be what you pick up and, and you either become part of that, or you never go to the teacher's lounge, that teacher's lounge again. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely can 
need to watch out for that. So tell us about the podcast. It's it's the Teacher Mamas podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. So what what is what do y'all talk about there? What what goes on there? How did this? How did y'all decide to start a podcast? I got I, I got roped into it because Chris emailed it's like, hey, we should do. We're gonna do a podcast. We should do one, and you should you should be on it. And I said, okay, uh, <laughs> foolishly. And so now I'm here. How did y'all decide to go the route of of starting and podcast? And then what did what what do y'all talk about? What goes on in in y'all's podcast? Well, I had started a podcast myself. I had, I didn't mention this earlier. So I am no longer a teacher right now. I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. And so when I transitioned into that, I wanted something to stay in the educational field and still use my knowledge um, and expertise. So I had started a podcast kind of talking about child development and what's developmentally appropriate in like their math skills and math understanding and literacy and different things. And I found doing it by myself was really hard. I just couldn't like keep myself accountable. And so that fell to the wayside and it just kept nagging on me. Like I wanted to do something to still use all of my knowledge that I have gained, but um, not go back to teaching yet while I'm at home with my kid. So I don't, it's through a lot of different conversations and Ashley and I talking a lot about our own self-care journey and talking with our teacher friends. We thought, you know, we can bring these conversations to, to the public and that started us down this road of coming up with the Teacher Mamas podcast and how to, like our very first episodes were talking about something super important to both of us and talking about um, creating routines for bedtime and morning so that like, especially as teachers, and I'm, I'm sure you probably feel this as well, like you have to get out of the house at a certain time, you have your own things to do, your kids are doing things, they're getting distracted and we end up like yelling or, or just the morning feeling horrible. Like it starts our day off crappy. And then the rest of the day then kind of feels crappy or you feel behind because you're running out of the house late. So then you feel behind the rest of the day. And we heard that so much from teachers and we had both figured out ways to, to make that better for ourselves. And so our first couple episodes were how can we create um, routines in the morning and the evening that are not cookie cutter because every family is different, um, but how can we work through these issues that we have in the morning and the evening to make our days run more smoothly so that not just our day runs more smoothly, but also our kids and that we're starting the day off right. So that's kind of where we started and we've branched off from there. Give us an example of those morning and, and evening routines. Sure. If it's so making like, my bed, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I just, I can't. Oh, like, I agree. Because those are the people that like, you have to make your bed first thing in the morning. I'm like, no, no that's not me. We don't me. even talk <laughs> about that. Actually. Okay. Okay, nope. okay. Good. Okay. I feel bad. No, we, were, no, we were just talking about that the other day and we were like, what yeah. is the point? What? I understand that it's like to feel accomplished about something, but there's so many other things that you can do to make yourself feel accomplished. I don't need my flipping bed made. (laughs) Yeah. One of the main things that comes to mind right now is like two things, right? So we, in my family, there were, we were having the same issue every morning, brushing my daughter's hair, huge issue, huge fight. And it was causing so much stress. So it seems little, right? But that was something that kept coming up. And so um, we have these journal questions that you ask yourself, like, what are those things that keep happening that are causing an issue or causing anger or just what is that thing? So then we started thinking, okay, well, if I braid her hair the night before in the morning, it won't be so snarled. It'll be much easier to brush it and we won't have tears. 
so that became part of our evening routine. It became something that was on our chart and we made sure that it happened every day because we, we made a structured, um, I use PowerPoint, Ashley uses a, a checklist chart on the bathroom door and we made it part of our, our habit. And so then it fixed that problem that we were having. Um, another one was we, my husband and I like felt like we never had time to make her lunch in the morning. Okay, well, the solution is to stop and think about this and figure out like, okay, well, we can make it the night before and put it in the fridge. And coming up with the routine, not just saying we're going to do it, but coming up with when exactly are we going to do it? Okay, well, when we're cleaning up supper, we're going to make her lunch and put it in the fridge so it's ready to go. And so it's being really intentional about what are those tension points? What do you need to have done? Like checking the kids' folders, checking their backpack, making sure the homework's done, and coming up with an explicit plan of how are we going to get this done so that it's not stressful for everybody. It isn't that interesting that it doesn't take this huge intervention in order to solve some of the, like, it just kind of takes a little bit of pausing and being quiet and just stepping through working on that with maybe your partner um, mm -hmm. or, or somebody. So Ashley, what were you going to add? You know, both Roberta and I have little kids, but in our like first episodes, we actually broke it down for little kids. And then we have like teenage setting as well, because what our teenagers need are not the same as what our little kids need. So we, um, we, we broke down some things that would be helpful for them to do at night and in the morning. And then also then we have our adult episodes. So, um, so yeah, we, we kind of broke it down by, by age group for those episodes. And those are actually our favorite episodes, Roberta and I have done our very first episodes. <laughs> and I think they're our most listened to as well. So, so I, I, uh, I read that you guys kind of recently did a social media fast. We are just finished. Well, I am on, so it's a, it's a 40 day and I just finished day 40 today. Now that does not mean that I am rushing back to social media. <laughs> So tell, tell us about that. What, what was that like? How did you come to that decision? I was before this fast, I was running two social media accounts. I was running my private account for my, um, my beach body stuff, my coaching stuff. And then I was me and Roberta run our uh, teacher mama's podcast account together. So we were splitting duties there. And I was just feeling so frazzled and like I even had a pretty like set routine laid out like I'm gonna do this account on this day this one on this day but it was getting to be too much I was like I was getting super frustrated I was feeling burned out with social media how ironic is that that we talk about burnout <laughs> and just 40 days ago I was experiencing burnout myself with social media and so I just, I messaged Roberta and I was like, I've had it with social media. I'm going on a social media fast. Are you joining me? <laughs> so I researched some books and uh, found one called the 40 day social media fast by Wendy speak. And I just finished day 40 of that book today, Roberta. I don't know what day she's on. She was a couple days behind me, but we feel so amazing. <laughs> Like neither one of us want to go back to social media. It's just like brain fog lifted, like more patience. I have more time. It's just, it's been amazing. 
Mm-hmm. I've actually read more fiction books. Like that's something I love to do. And I felt like I just like never had the time. And I'm like, why don't I have the time? Well, then I started this. I was really prompted to do this social media fast because I was reading The Power of Fun by Catherine Price that I mentioned before. And in there, she talks about, you know, how to break up with your phone and how like social media scrolling and the games on our phone feel like fun, but really it's fake fun because it's draining your dopamine and it's draining your body of all these different things. So like you're feeling good in the moment, but really long-term you're feeling drained. And I was, that really sparked something for me. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel that really like a lot. I feel that. And so I started limiting like the scrolling even before we started the 40 days, I'm like, I'm going to stop scrolling and see what happens. And so I decided to replace my behavior. So anytime I pick up my phone to like check social media, I was like, what am I going to do instead? I got my um, special ed background here, you know, popping up and I'm like, I'm going to replace behavior or something else. So at first I replaced it with a mental health app on my phone um, called uh, Burb. And it's just this little like bird that you have. And it, um, like you start it off as a baby and as you answer like journaling questions, it grows. <laughs> so it's just this fun little thing, but it keeps you in there and it like tracks like your moods and how you're feeling and then um, asks you different journal prompts. So I was like, okay, I'm going to replace it with this. Um, anytime I feel like picking up my phone, I'm going to just open this app instead. Um And then what I've soon found was I was reaching for my phone less often. And all of a sudden, I, in the past two months, I think I've read five fiction books. And I think that's how many I read all of last year. So just two months in and already I'm like having, I have more time to do the things that I actually enjoy and actually bring me joy. And I completely agree what Ashley said, like the brain fog that I was feeling prior has just completely gone away without the scrolling. And I today, in fact, like ended up opening my um, Facebook on my computer to check for something and I got caught into scrolling. I went on to look for one piece of information and I started scrolling and started immediately noticing that brain frog creep in and just feeling really unable to think straight. And I'm like, oh, this is why I stopped. (laughs) So closed Facebook and got up and did something. I'll actually went and played a game with my three-year-old. I mean, sorry, he just turned four. So my four-year-old and did that instead. So yeah, I don't know. That was a really long answer for you guys. (laughs) No, I think that was great. And I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I've seen that from my wife, you know, my wife is is also a teacher. She teaches in high school. Um, And there'll be times, you know, like she's like, she will take, we're doing work or whatever. And she'll just taking a break and She's like, I'll take a break, look on my phone. And then you get, and then like, I'll just be sitting, we're sitting on the couch together. And then she'll just go, wow. And just like throw her phone <laughs> to the opposite end of the couch. Cause she's like, this is stupid. What am I doing? Like, stop doing this. And so the easiest mm-hmm. thing to do is to get it out of arm's reach. And so yeah. like, you know, literally there's like a, 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 this like, ah, sound. I look over and I'm like, oh, and she threw her phone. Um, Cause yeah, <laughs> it's just not a, it's so easy. Like you said, Roberta, like I'm, I'm just doing I'm here. There's one piece of information I need and I try to go get it. And then it's like, and 30 minutes disappeared. And I don't know what happened. 
Yep. yep. And that's what the algorithm is doing. Like it knows what we want to see and it's showing us what we want to see. And even, even on like, I'll, I'll go into Instagram cause we're still checking messages for our podcasts, but, um, I open it up and you know, it's got on the newsfeed there. It's like, it's always a video that pops up with movement that catches my eye. And I'm like, no, no, go to messages. That's what you're here for. It's been really good. I highly suggest the book. It is a faith-based book. So it's more about like putting down social media and growing closer to God. And yeah, it's just been, it's been a really good 40 days. So I've I picked up lots of other good habits along the way that I'm going to continue. And then now that I'm at the end, we have to, you know, make our plan because if you don't make a plan, you're, you're going to fail. <laughs> so <laughs> got to make that plan to go back into social media again. A failure to plan is a, is a plan to fail as I'm sure yep. someone told me and I promptly ignored when I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is something that you would like to see teachers starting to do now to to take care of themselves, to try and combat some of that burnout and stress that is a natural byproduct of the work of a teacher to really help combat some of that burnout that is, is so easy to creep up in the profession? I think the thing that Roberta and I talk about the most is boundaries and putting boundaries in place with email or like we just talked about with social media, like now that we're coming off of this, we have to put our boundaries in place and be disciplined with them. Um, That's my word for the year is discipline. And then my other one is fun, (laughs) but putting boundaries in place around whatever it is you need boundaries with. So if you're somebody who likes to take work home and your work life is creeping into your home life, um, what can you do at school to make that not happen. So um, especially if you're a seasoned teacher, we shouldn't be still having to take grading home all the, like, I understand there's those like specific times when sure, maybe you had like a bunch of projects due one week or something like that. And maybe it was just like poor planning on your part. You're like, oh, I'm like, I just had five, I just had like three projects wrap up at the same time. I was like, that was really dumb. Why did I do that? But you know, then we, we learn those lessons and we move forward, but we shouldn't be taking planning home at this point in our life, if you're a seasoned teacher, you shouldn't be taking grading home all the time. So if that's something that you're still doing, what can you be doing at school? Like, do you need to be focused more during your prep and like stay off of email, stay off of social media? Do you need to stay out of your best friend's room so that you can stay focused? Um, Is your boundary around email? I always come back to this one because it's my, it sucks me in all the time. Maybe you need to close out of your email if it's calling you in and distracting you all the time. Um, Do you need boundaries with certain people at work because they're kind of draining your energy? And so like, how can you set these boundaries in place and stick with them and be successful with them so that you can keep your time for you? So now I go home and instead of grading and instead of planning, I can now actually spend time with my family and quality time with my family, not distracted time with my family. I can use that extra half hour to go on a walk and get some vitamin D and get some movement in and get outside or, you know, do a workout inside or um, maybe do some meditating or journaling or whatever you need at that point in the day. Um, So I think that's, that's one thing that I love talking about a lot because 
I, as teachers, we are givers. And as psychologists, we like to give and help people. And that can very easily creep into every aspect of our lives if we don't set boundaries in place. Yeah. And for me, I think one of the things, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. And I think the other thing, and I don't know if this is a common complaint of school psychs or not, so you'll have to let me know, but with teachers, it's, it's this phrase, I have too much on my plate. So one thing I'd love to see is, is everyone actually writing down every single thing they think is on their plate and deciding what is real, what is the actual thing that they need to do, what is part of your contract, what is part of your job, and what is this extra fluffy stuff that you think you need to do, but you actually don't, that you can either delegate or isn't actually needed. For teachers in elementary, it's like the cutesy door. Is that more important than lesson planning and taking your lesson planning home and taking time away from your family? And so it's, I think, really taking a really honest look at what we think we need to be doing and really looking at it and saying, what are the priorities what are the things that would be nice to do? And what are the things that I either need to ask someone else to take on or drop? When I started as a school psychologist, I was working in really pretty small school districts and, you know, usually the only school psychologist in the whole district. And I would walk into, say, a high school and everybody knew what I was there for. I was there to do some counseling with a kid and it would never fail that like the secretary or the receptionist or the attendance clerk or whoever greeted me at the door said, Oh, I got some, I got some people that y'all need that you need to talk to. Um, And they were always referring to adults in the building rather than, rather than kids. Um, And I think as school psychologists, we're finding ourselves providing more consultation to the educators that we're working with the principals that we are supporting and um, and so this is kind of been putting you guys on the spot, but what are some things that maybe uh, some some suggestions or guidance that you can provide for those of us as school psychologists who are encountering who are encountering um, these educators who are feeling burned out, who are feeling some mental health um, problems, and and need some you know need to pour on their own self care. How how would you how would you guide us in supporting those educators? Well, number one, send them to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number two, in, in my school building, we have actually put funds aside for an actual therapist for our teachers. I'm not sure how many teachers are taking advantage of it. He has not told me that information. I, that's probably confidential information anyways. Um, I think, I I think he's not supposed to tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I I, know. I can't know names, um, but I didn't know, you know, and I I haven't asked him either, but he's there like a couple days a week. So that could maybe even be something that if you guys are seeing a lot of that, that could be something that you could bring up to like the school administrators and just ask if they've even thought about bringing somebody on with the recent pandemic and like all of these teachers that are feeling these burnout symptoms and overwhelm and stress like could you would would that be a possibility for next year bringing a licensed therapist on or a 
a licensed school, maybe in your state, it's a licensed psychologist, I don't know, for the teachers, because I don't, I, I mean, I, I see where the teachers are coming from, where they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I just, I could dump this all on them, but that's, that's not really fair to you guys then either, because then you're like, taking on everybody else's stuff, like, and it's not, like, it's not a part of your day, you know, like, so then you guys are taking it all on and and you're getting the brunt of everything too. So, I mean, I see where they're coming from where you, they have somebody to talk to, but that's also not fair to you guys either. So it seems to me like our schools need to get people in there for our teachers to talk to as well. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. Send them to our podcast. Um, (laughs) And like what Roberta said, have them take a look at like, what is, actually on your plate like that could actually be an exercise like uh we interviewed somebody who she in her training she brought plates and post-it notes and then she had everybody write down all their duties on post-it notes put them on the plate and then actually had them take off the things that did not matter so much in their day-to-day and then what was left was the things that really did matter and so that would be an actual like really good exercise to give them and then also just like what I said like what boundaries can you put in place and is this thing that your administrator is asking you to do is it within your contract because just because your administrator is asking you to do something or just because somebody on staff is asking you to do something doesn't mean that you have to say yes you know, we, we just did an episode on, I think it was eight ways to say no without saying no. This came from uh, the book Essentialism. There's ways to say no to people without like flat out saying no and being rude about it. And I think as teachers, like we are just such givers all the time and we're just yes people. And that's kind of where a lot of this burnout is coming from. One of the ways that we talked about how to say no is saying a no, but maybe this person could help you. So mm-hmm. like maybe for school psychs, it's having the name or number of someone who is more like able to help right. this person yep. and saying here, I, I have this either therapist or someone who is willing to talk to you about this issue. Here's their contact information. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can help take off the responsibility and the guilt. Like I, you know, school psychs are givers and caregivers as well. We want to be able to give of ourselves and help as many people as we can. But so I think having that, like someone's business card in your pocket or something be like, yeah. I can't help you with this, or I can't help you right now. I can help you later or send me an email and I'd love to help you with this. Or um, like I said, like I, I can't help you, but I know this person that can, and here's their information. Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah. that's great. I, 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 and I think that's something, I think for all the helping professions, like you talked about, Roberta, that's a really important piece because it's our, it's a natural default to just want to say yes and, and be that helper, but it's important mm-hmm. to, like I said, kind of figure out those ways of like, how can I still feel that, but not, but not like continually overextend myself and so right yeah. great great lessons Ashley and Roberta thank you all both uh we're gonna move I think into the nonsense portion of our episode <laughs> here and so Brooke is gonna hit you guys with some lightning questions we have a little lightning round here and so just 
first response, first instinct, kind of what you got going for that. And we'll just kind of go back and forth. We can do Ashley and Roberta, just give your quick response to Brooks lightning round questions. All right. So we're, we'll, uh, we'll rotate. We'll take turns. So first one uh, for Roberta, what'd you do before your current profession? Uh-huh. Are we calling stay at home mom, my current profession? Well, we'll be- call, we'll call <laughs> teacher your current profession. Okay. Before that, one of the things I did was I was a secretary uh, assistant at a church. All right. Ashley, yeah. different food or food combinations you enjoy? <laughs> Not a whole lot of anything right now. Um, I have parosmia from COVID and I'm on this super strict diet uh, for my stomach gut issues right now. So it really limits pretty much anything that I can have. <laughs> okay. Prior to COVID then. Oh, oh, French fries and ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Can't go wrong with that. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Roberta, fun fact about yourself. I absolutely love playing the piano and I have since I was four. Ooh, this is going to be a good one also. Um, Ashley, what obscure thing are you talented at? Um, I am a pretty good shop teacher I guess Uh, I love working with my hands Um, and I've also I'll go with the musical thing I played viola for seven years in middle school and high school and I recently just picked it up again for church so I feel like the more accurate response here is she is wicked good at playing clue I don't know how many times we have played and she wins before I've even figured out like one thing (laughs) I I think Clue is like one of the best problem solving games like available yeah. to early early childhood, like young kids. Like I think it's one of the best early problem solving games to start playing when it comes to strategizing and stuff like that. So good for you, Ashley. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Roberta, if you got to start a club, what would your club be about? Oh, it would be so geeky. It would be all about reading personal development and parenting books and just geeking out and talking to people about them. <laughs> You definitely have a passion there. (laughs) Yeah. Ashley, if you could interview anyone, who would it be? Oh, boy. I'll just go with, like, my high school crush, who was Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were about to say, like, someone from high school. I was like, I know. I was like, (laughs) okay, Randy. (laughs) No, I've been dating my husband since ninth grade, so that would be weird. (laughs) Okay. You can interview him whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Good. So you you got to uh, you got to have some good fun on the new with the news the past year with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Roberta, what's a pet peeve of yours? Uh, Loud eaters. Ooh. Can't handle it. Hey. Yeah. Isn't there? There's a word for it now oh, there like, sure uh, is uh mesophobia right is that something it or like something, that. something like something yeah. like that I, which, like, like when it makes you feel angry yes yeah like the, yeah. the irrational <laughs> anger of loud chewing or something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> like why are you slurping there's nothing to slurp Chewers <laughs> beware all right last one uh what tradition did your family have when you were growing up ashley oh my gosh i don't even know I literally have nothing. Roberta, do you have one for this? (laughs) Oh, I know. I got one. Okay. okay. (laughs) I was just talking about it today. Um, 
we used to make, or well, we still make me and my mom potato dumplings. Potato dumplings. <clears throat> yep, potato dumplings. It's like an all-day affair because you have to what? peel the potatoes and juice the potatoes, and yeah. What is a what is a potato dumpling? So a lot of people put ham in their potato dumplings, but we don't do that. It's um literally like potatoes and bread and salt and it's just it's a lot of like like and eggs and it and breadcrumbs it's it's just an all-day affair because there's so much like and onions and yeah there's there's a lot that goes into it but it's very basic ingredients and you know there's like the tasting of it and and all that you know you got to make sure you have the right consistency and i like yeah. i like all those things you just listed so i'm sure if i just shove, lots, put them together yeah, right so. And then you yeah. put lots of butter and salt on it when that's, you're all done. That's a, so. I, I had a sneaky suspicion. I was like, I feel like butter is a big part of this that we're not yep. bringing up here. But yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> so uh, for, for all of our listeners, um, whoever can send the best recipe for potato dumplings wins a prize. <laughs> to, <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. Power number five. <laughs> <laughs> you win a potato awesome. dumpling. Yes. All right. Well, Ashley, Roberta, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have, is there anything, any final words, any plugs you want to put in before we wrap things up here? I guess just really, if you've enjoyed our conversation, um, head on over to the Teacher Mamas podcast and look at our content, I guess. We're on Spotify Mm -hmm. and uh, Apple Podcasts and Amazon and iHeartRadio, all that stuff. Absolutely. Okay. All right, we will, and we will have that in the show notes for you. So if you enjoyed um, Ashley and Roberta here today, please be sure to check out their podcast, the Teacher Mama Podcast, um, and learn about how ways to, to kind of fight against that that burnout and, and engage in that self care. Um, in the meantime, please continue to come back and enjoy our podcast. Thank you all for joining us this week. Thank you to Ashley and Roberta. Um, we were. Glad to have you guys. And for all of you listeners out there and on the Task Talks podcast land, please be sure to like and subscribe, hit all the buttons, rate us. And then don't forget, you can always uh, email us at podcast at txasp.org. If you have any questions, any comments, any constructive criticism, we have had a great time this week. We will see you all next time. And until then, make great choices. choices huh yes we went with great choices today as soon as i said it as soon as i said it i was like "Ah." (laughs) chris is oh did they always end it like that